Well, hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to Connection Matters Podcast. This is episode seven. How are you today? I am so pleased and excited to bring you this episode. It's with Sal Gencarelli of the Helpers Mentoring Society. I've worked with Sal for six going on seven years now and all I can say is that it's been truly transformational and it's thanks to this work and the lineage that he works with, the Woptica lineage that we all work with, that I am doing this podcast and that I have been doing most of the work that I've been doing for the last few years because it's all been inspired and deeply grounded in the work and learning and teachings that I've gained through working with Sal. To give you a little bit of background of the Helpers Mentoring Society, I can read their mission. Helpers Mentoring Society is devoted to bridging modern society with the more profound indigenous wisdom that resides within each of us. Our passion is to help human beings to become fully activated and to pass these teachings and techniques on to new visionary leaders. We offer three pathways of learning, personal spiritual development, advanced connection leadership training, and lineage initiation. To give you a little bit of background of Sal, Salvatore has 30 years of mentoring and delivery of nature-based therapies and wellness practices. He has expert knowledge and experience in both ancient indigenous and modern therapies. His focus is on techniques which increase well-being for individuals, families and communities. He's created a codified therapeutic method drawn from experience and knowledge. Salvatore has designed and taught over 16 courses based on this methodology and has presented these courses and seminars in 12 countries to over 27 different cultures. Salvatore Gencarelli is the founder and current director of Helpers Mentoring Society, an international organisation dedicated to supporting the revitalisation of humanity's relationship with hope and purpose so that all life thrives. Sal has very generously offered to give a free download of his book Thriving in Uncertain Times to all of our Patreon members. So this is if you want to support us financially for as little as £3 a month, uh, you'll get all of our bonus episodes and behind the scenes recordings and any other giveaways that we get from the people that we speak with. And Sal, as one of these giveaways, has offered his book, Thriving in, in Uncertain Times. So I'm so pleased and grateful and that's so generous. Thank you, Sal. And if you would like to support us there and you would like to get this download of Sal's book, then you can hop over to www.patreon.com forward slash Connection Matters Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, then do that now by clicking the little subscribe button. That means that you will get all of the episodes straight into your device and you won't miss a thing. We've got so many good episodes coming up. Also, please do leave a review wherever you can. iTunes, Apple Podcasts are great because that means that people will get to hear the podcast more readily in the ratings. And I think that's us. Without further ado, this is Sal Gencarelli. So I'm here today with Sal Gencarelli. Hello, Sal. Uh, Hi, Leona. Thank you so much for uh, coming and speaking with me for Connection Matters 
podcast. I'm really happy that you uh, agreed to speak to me now and excited about what we might talk about. Yeah, likewise. I'm I'm really excited that you invited me to uh, to speak and to share. Um, I always look for those opportunities, and you know, having known you for uh, a few years now, um, it's always just just good to connect in and and catch up. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. So uh, I'd like to start with some gratitude, as we usually do. And um, yeah, today I'm really, really grateful for uh, singing, singing the song and the drum, uh, which I have been sitting with this afternoon on my own and just off in my own little world, singing away to myself and drumming. I know that the neighbours, it's so hot here at the moment, the, the windows are wide open, so everyone will have heard me, but I don't care. <laughs> it's been uh, really uh-huh. nourishing and something that I love doing whenever I'm when I'm given the chance, when I've got a bit of time and space and I, I knew that I was going to be speaking with you today, so it felt good to, to get the song and the drum uh, out and just feel into it, feel into the vibrations and feel into the the emotions and thoughts and feelings that come through me whenever I'm with with the drum, especially. Yeah. How are you? Um how are you what are you grateful for today? Yeah, I well first uh, I want to definitely say gratitude to the drum and, and the songs and Knowing those songs that you're you're singing, you're work, working with, and of course knowing the even the drum maybe that you're you're playing, um, I uh, I have a close relationship to both of those things, and uh, I know exactly what you're talking about with the feelings and thoughts and just the insights that come when you work with with those sacred songs and those sacred tools like the drum. So I want to voice that first. And I'm actually really feeling grateful for here where I live currently. Um, we have a, a little plot of land and we're raising some bison. Um, they are American buffalo is the other way that we we, we name them. Um, we actually have a baby, a young buck. Uh, that's his name, actually, Buck. Uh, he's a young male that that's growing up quick, but he's still on the bottle. And then we have uh, two young females that are a bit older um, and this morning we got a little surprise when the females were down by our gate, which leads out to the road. Um, and they were just kind of hanging out there, but we had to pop up and jump up quick to make sure that they were, they were, uh, not going to get outside the gate and go wander down the road. So I'm really, really grateful for those animals and I'm really grateful for all the medicine that they bring on the land and how their being on the land really makes this this earth earth regenerate in a healthier way. You know, just just their their nature is uh, supportive to the environment and the ways that they walk in the land, the foods that they eat off the ground. You know, the the grasses and the various shrubs that they they nourish themselves on. All of that is part of this great cycle of life that has been happening here in North America for many many thousands of years. And it's kind of an honor, an honor and a privilege, really, to be able to support the return of the the American buffalo to this landscape um, where literally on this land, you know, there probably hasn't been bison here for well over 150 years, maybe even up to 200 years. Like no, no bison has stepped foot on this little piece that we're uh, responsible for caretaking. So to be part of that return 
and that kind of healing and and really that nourishment that goes with that for all of life here is a great honor and i'm incredibly grateful to be part of that so i think that's my personal gratitude that i can share in the moment um and uh, i'll pass it back to you leona Wow. Yes. Thank you. Well, I'll join you in that gratitude. And it's so good to hear that the uh, the project and the land uh, and the things that you're doing there are moving forward. Really excited to see where it goes. I'd love to come and visit one day. Yep. You're you're very welcome. You know, and, and that actually I extend that welcome out to many of the listeners. You know, it's part of what we're doing here. We have a home here, uh, but it's also a place that we have intention to become a place of prayer and connection to nature and connection to spirit, connection to oneself and community. Um, and we've held the events here in the past. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to the day that you come over and when that can all happen and, and us being uh, able to provide that mm. that hosting experience to you. Mm, great. I wonder if um, it would be a good time for you to just share a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. What is the Helpers Mentoring Society? The Helpers Mentoring Society, let's start with that. It's, it's really the organization. And the organization is more like a community of people that has grown over the last 10 years of traveling uh, internationally and, and doing the teaching work that actually started many, many years ago, um, now going over three decades. Um, and the the organization of helpers mentoring society is a is a a means to connect it's a means for people to link into these teachings that i've i've been taught and i've been blessed with and that i'm able to pass on to others and it's a means to a means to create a, a community and we call it a society knowing that um, what we're focused on in this group this community is is medicine, as it would be called in North America or Native American terminology. It's medicine. And what we mean by that is it's it's the the processes and the tools that go with healing, transformation, uh, connection, ultimately. Um, but that includes many different aspects of culture and people's relationship with nature, people's relationship to themselves, people's relationship to you know, the, uh, the understanding of what spirit is, uh, and it's not in a dogmatic fashion. It's more in a, a fashion of discovery, self-discovery. Um, and, and that's where I ultimately come from is, um, you know, just a little bit of my background. When I was a young man and growing up in North America, I really wanted to understand the, the traditions and the history and the cultures that were on this land before colonization. Uh, and I knew, of course, I was, I was a member of, you know, the, the descendants of, of the colonizers. Uh, but, you know, having been born here, having lived here my entire life and having this as my home, I felt the responsibility to know this place in a way that I, I wasn't able to experience or be taught through the, the modern education system in the modern society, the modern culture. Uh, it just wasn't available. So um, I felt a really strong calling to understand the traditions of this land. And um, I also had some kind of transformative events when I was a young man entering into that kind of puberty stage 
And I realized humans, uh, you know, as a collective species in the modern world, we're not living in a sustainable way. Now, this was back in uh, the, the mid 80s uh, that this happened for me when I was a, a teenager, an early teenager. And so I also sought out the indigenous teachings, in particular of this land, to understand how can people live in a sustainable, healthy way with the earth, with each other. And where I was eventually led to within a relatively short amount of time was uh, a very powerful healer from the Lakota tribe. This is the Lakota Sioux people of North America. Um, and for those who, who don't know uh, about the Native American peoples, um, these are the, the typical Native Americans that are portrayed in many different movies, like, like the movie Dances with Wolves or Thunderheart. Um, these are people who lived in teepees, who hunted buffalo, uh, who rode horses. Uh, so it's kind of the classic imagery of Native American that that you would might think of in, in the UK or Europe. Um, big feather headdresses, eagle feathers, eagle staffs, that kind of thing. Um, so that's that's where my my teacher, well, who became my teacher, held from. Um, and he brought me into his culture and his teachings and, and his lineage, really. Um, and I became a helper for his ceremonies. And I worked with this, this man and his family. Well, I actually still work with this man in a spiritual way because he passed away now. Well, we're going on seven years, um, seven years now almost, that he, uh, he's now an ancestor. Uh, but I worked with them for, you know, almost three decades and now past three decades in, in the flesh. And uh, I learned those traditions and I learned the healing methodology and, and the ways that uh, they could understand the world in a healthy, happy way, in a way that makes human kind of fulfillment, not just as individuals, but as as a collective group, as a species. What is our relationship to the earth? What, what is our relationship um, and, and what is our responsibility to nature and each other? And, and how do we actually work with that? You know, so it's not just kind of conceptual. It's also very, very practical. Yeah, that's what I learned. And so what I eventually came to was the point in my life where I had to take these teachings and start reaching out with them. And that was, of course, a big threshold moment. It's not something that most people, including myself, really wanted to do. Um, it, I did not want to step into the spotlight or, you know, some would even say put a target on on your back because, you know, when you step into the, the public eye, then there is a, a lot of criticism and judgment that goes with that. Uh, but about years ago, it was absolutely necessary. You know, it was it was beyond necessary. It was a, it was like a must. And then I had to take those steps. So. I started to do this international teaching and then I started to um, figure out how to reach a wider audience and how to speak in, in ways that people could understand um, these teachings in a, in a really practical manner. And um, part of what came out of that is the Helpers Mentoring Society and uh, the different teachings and trainings that we've now done all over the world, everywhere from uh, England, of across Europe, down to Australia, all through North America, and even uh, uh, Central America as well. 
So, so that's a little bit about my background that I can share. I hope that was concise enough, and I apologize for any rambling there, Leona. <laughs> Not at all. It's a really amazing story and, and so interesting, and I know a little bit about it myself. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's what an honor and what a gift that you bring to the world. And I know for sure that since I've been involved with your teachers and teachings and trainings for the last six years, um, my life has definitely changed for the better. So it's super powerful, powerful work. And I feel very blessed to have, to have come across it myself. So no wonder you felt that you, uh, yeah, you, you had the responsibility to, to share it with the world. I'm wondering how that, how that has been sharing teachings that obviously you were given the blessing to share those teachings by Godfrey and and the people who you are working with but how has that been for you sharing these teachings knowing that you're not from the culture that they come from and um, how does that feel now given everything that's going on in the world yeah well when I first started to seek you know the answers to how humanity could essentially live in a, a I, the, the word I would use now is sustainable. I would not say that back then because, you know, it wasn't in my vocabulary or my, my awareness, but how can people, how can humanity as a whole live in a sustainable way with nature, with the earth, let's say, and with the beings of, of the earth, you know, the animals, the plants, remembering that when my, my question was being asked when I was a, a young teenager, this was the thing that scientists had discovered holes in the ozone layer you know so this these were like turning points for humanity to recognize that we as a collective species actually have a tremendous impact on the natural system and so much so that we're we're damaging the sky you know, you know damaging the atmosphere and damaging that protective layer that that makes life possible here so there was a really strong awareness in the collective at that moment of of our responsibility or at least our impact uh, upon the natural world and for some people i think responsibility and for people like myself we were holding those deep questions of what do we do and the journey that i went on after asking that question passionately and powerfully was leading me to to uh, a culture that had that understanding and there was a lot of synchronicities and serendipitous events that took place that that brought me into contact with this healer and with his family and all of the steps that that took place after that to get me to the point where i could actually learn what they were trying to teach um so what the the process was that i went through to get to the point where i could really learn the teachings was that i had to i had to be broken down from my old world construct. I had to, I had to actually, even at 15, 16, 17, I had these um, worldviews that were instilled from my upbringing that actually had to be essentially broken down and, and dissolved away and then replaced with a different way of understanding. And this was this big transformation in my life, what I would call a, a massive healing, actually. But along with that healing went a lot of information and understanding. And what I, I adopted out of that experience was a different worldview. Now, I can still understand, you know, the, the mainstream perspective, 
But what I also have access to is a different way of seeing the world, a different way of relating to the world and being in that good relationship with the world. So for me, it's not just about teaching from another culture, you know, like kind of like, oh, I learned something from a, a book or even ex an experience. And then um, now I'm going to talk about that with other people. It's more like part of the way that I operate in the world, you know, actually more than part, more than 50% even the way I operate and see and relate to the world is different than the mainstream perspective. So it's more like it's become me, you know, and that's, that's the, the best, best way I think it, I can say it, like the teachings and the lineage and the understanding, the healing isn't just something that has been outside of myself. It's now within. So when I'm, I'm teaching and I'm, I'm speaking to whoever it is around the world, what I'm offering isn't so much like here's an instruction manual, you know, or here's some, something that I heard about, or here's even what I, I, uh, experienced in some kind of light way i'm basically speaking from here is the teaching but here is it from within me <laughs> you know this is who i am which you know i hope that makes sense because mm -hmm. i think a lot of a lot of times you know people will have these experiences that are really profound and transformative and then they'll go very quickly from kind of that experience to like, I need to teach all about this. You know, like, you know, I've, I've literally seen people go to like a yoga seminar for the first time. And then next thing you know, that they, they have like an online course all about yoga. Right? <laughs> um, that, 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 that's a little different than what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. Actually, I remember being in a room with you in, the first or second year that I'd been working with you and um, there was somebody in the room who was asking really difficult questions and and I saw you I, I was thinking how on earth is he going to answer that you know that's really challenging and um, and I saw you just I don't know what it was you you just cut through it was a polarized thing and, and you didn't answer any perspective in the polarized way. You, you just cut through it and met everybody's needs in that moment to understand. And um, I wish I could remember the example, but it was really, really powerful for me to witness. And that's what it felt like um, that it must be to be in connection and be able to um, have the universe speak through you for want of better words. <laughs> you know, I, I was really fortunate in my life to have experienced what I've experienced. And, and you know, that's not to say that it was easy or, or it wasn't without, you know, incredible suffering and difficulty. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't need to go into all of the details. If actually I was going to mention that if, if people want more about my background, I actually wrote a book about some of it. You know, obviously it's it's just snippets but it's called the man among the helpers. And, and that, that book is, is kind of a chronicle of my, uh, my journey to, to go through this big transformation and healing. But in, in the book, my, in, in my experience, what I got to like really witness and be a part of was an old way of thinking and an old way of being. And I had these incredible mentors that, that it, it was 
being around a teacher even it was about being immersed in in these thought patterns and and you know to be able to see uh, that wisdom and that knowledge and that way of connection that can move through somebody and to be able to like even mirror that let your mirror neurons and brain to grasp what is happening here it really impacted me greatly um and of course they supported so much of the learning and the teaching along the way of how to be in this connected way that um you know i can't say enough about my gratitude for that experience and you know to be able to share that with others is um you know an incredible honor you know it's part of the teachings it's part of the society it's really part of the the culture of passing this forward into future generations and this is something that's accessible you know like what we're trying to do with helpers mentoring society what we are doing with helpers mentoring society is making sure that that kind of access to connection and that way of understanding and living in this world is actually available to as many people as possible because it's not something that's supposed to be like unique for the select few necessarily it's actually supposed to be who we are as people we're supposed to be connected you know and have would say the universal wisdom flow through us at any given moment and have that level of clarity that you're describing to actually you know like cut through kind of the the bs you know cut through the dualism and and cut through the the core and be like this is this is the truth you know like this is this is what we need to look at or, or this is at least the way to do it that could heal uh, so i'm i'm super happy that you know you had that opportunity to witness that and it touched you so and i know that lives within you too now you know like that's of course part of part of the songs that you were singing and part of the the teachings that you're gathering because that wisdom is going to deeply impact your life and it's going to speak through you which i know it already does hmm. so yeah thank you i'm grateful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm very grateful so oh there's so many things that i want to ask you um i think particularly right now the world is well different to anything that i could have imagined only two months ago, you know, with COVID-19 and with the riots and the Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on for people right now. Is this the shakeup we've been waiting for? Or is this, is this the world as we know it crumbling away? What, what's going on? I've been wondering from your perspective, what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's say this is part of the shake that has been expected. And and it, when you understand like what is connection and what is the way of life, really, and there is a way of life. There is a way for humanity to be in relationship to one's individual self, uh, the collective. You know, how are we in relationship to each other? And there's of course a way to be in relationship in in uh, to the earth, you know, like our species and re in really deep connection and awareness of the systems of the earth. And there's a way for that to work. And there's a way that it doesn't work. And what we're experiencing, as I would understand it from the lineage and from my own personal awareness and tracking these patterns is that 
we are coming to the the end of a way of life that is not actually in alignment with life. It's a way of objectification and uh, judgment and disconnection and domination that is going to end in a terminal way. That doesn't mean that we have to die. It doesn't mean the earth has to die. It just means that this is not a sustainable way of life and so that it will have its end. And as people are waking up to that and recognizing that the systems that we have created in kind of a collective way, whether that's in a, a national way or international way, are destroying life and um, hurting life, you know, and what happened to this man in Minnesota, which was just kind of a the, the last straw, you know, that people finally saw and people finally recognized like human beings killing other human beings. However you justify that, you know, however you justify that, you know, in, in some people's mind anyways, that, you know, he was breaking law or maybe he was breaking law or, or whatever that was, it's not right. You know, somebody kneeling on somebody's neck till they're dead is not right. And this is the system that we're, we've been under. This is a system that we live in. But now replace that person with all the other people that have had a knee on their neck. And then replace that person with all the other, you know, let's say even cultures, even groups of people that had that their knee on their neck. And then you look at like how we do that to the animals, how we do that to the plants, how we do that to this earth itself. You know, it's kind of a snapshot of of the system itself and the the it, it's such a disturbing image i actually personally have not been able to watch the video like i can't bring myself to do that because um for those you know that are listening to this call not only did i learn um kind of the traditional indigenous medicine and healing practices but i also have 17 years as a, a ems emergency medicine technician as a paramedic um, so emergency medicine services. So I, I have an intimate knowledge of um, medicine and and how that works and how people die essentially and how to ideally prevent that or delay that. Um, and I know having having witnessed people dying before, there's no way that that man with his hands in his pocket did not feel that body beneath his knee was no longer alive there's no way that that he was not aware of that so there is a willful act there but it was so casual you know like it's so casual to just be kneeling on somebody's neck with your hands in your pocket as they take their last breath and i think that really summarizes the way that we've been living in this world in and the way that we've been treating life itself. And we need to change this. And I think really the thing with the Black Lives Matter is that it is addressing a segment of society that really needs to be addressed. And I, I you know, absolutely wholeheartedly support that. And it's part of, you know, this culture that I, I come from. It's, car, it's part of the way of life, really. It's part of this whole teaching that I bring. But I also know that that is uh, just an aspect of the problem. Like we need to go to the roots of this problem 
And we need to look at how are we as a collective species kneeling on the neck of life itself, kneeling on the neck of, of the animals and the plants. How are we doing that to, you know, people of all colors? And, and how is be a knee on our neck too at different points? Um, and what can we do about this? So it, it, it is a shakeup, you know, but I, I don't think it's the end all be all, by the way, you know, like, like this is a time that we can awaken and we're given more and more chance. I think COVID's another chance to really awaken. And, and it's given us a chance to look at what is our relationship to nature? What is our relationship to uh, viruses and disease processes and death itself? Uh, what is it? What is our, our relationship to our families and ourselves in, in this way of being in restriction from travel and isolation? Um, it's giving us an opportunity to um, to come to see ourselves a little bit more clearly. And I think it is also a synchronicity that this this, um, you know, this man died in this way when everybody had time to really look at what was happening. Because how many times has that happened? You know, in, in the United States, you think of of there's been tragedy after tragedy. And I live here, you know, like in, in I don't obviously like I'm affected by this. And, and I've I've taken steps in my life to make those changes to try to help as much as possible in these different ways of healing. You know, um, you think of, of how many and this country, you know, and everybody is too busy to take a moment and say, what is happening here, right? How many young black men and women have been killed in, you know, absolutely ridiculous and tragic ways? You know, this isn't the first time, you know, but I think what's happened in this kind of synchronistic way is that everybody was at home, or at least enough people were at home, and not working and not struggling to survive and not, you know, just trying to make some money so they can enjoy life a little, little bit where they could see and witness something that has been happening over and over. And they tr truly could process that, you know, and feel the grief, you know, feel the grief of, of seeing somebody cry out for their, their mother at the end of their life, you know, and people got pissed, honestly, like people got, really really upset and they finally get a chance to express how upset that made them and it needs to change and it will change but will this be what creates the change i'm not so certain about that as i would understand it like it's going to shift things for sure and it needs to keep shifting it in the right direction but will it change to the degree that will actually kind of like create the level of healing that society that com communities need i'm not so sure about that honestly um in in the legends and in, in the stories and and the prophecies it's it's gonna let's just say we're going to continue to get opportunities to make these changes and they're going to become more uh, obvious more profound and more undeniable that we need to change so i think i think personally this is part of that change uh, but it's not necessarily the the last experience that we're going to have to help us to realize how desperately we actually need to to change our society and and return to the earth in a healthy and happy way. So that's what I can offer about what I'm experiencing and what I'm witnessing. Mm. 
Thank you, Sal. And I, I totally agree. It really feels that absolutely supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. And I can also see that the root of the problem comes from the disconnection sickness of our time, the disconnect that we have from each other, from the life all around us, that which supports us, human and non-human, and from the land and the sea. And, you know, we really, we've lived in a way that has enabled us to to have, what do you call those, um, in a blinkered way, you know, we're walking, we're, we're moving along in life with our eyes closed, almost trying to deny and ignore all of the terrible things that are happening from the way that we're living. And, um, and that we need to find our way back to a more connected way. And that hopefully, this time is opening people's eyes and helping people realize what they want and what is important. But I, um, I also wonder too, how that's going to happen. What, are, what what do we need to do? How, how can we find our way back to a more connected way of life? What does that even look like? You know, for people who've only ever known this, which is, well, most of us, what does a more connected way of life look like? Yeah, it, it's a good question. And I don't think that there is any easy answer. I've been struggling with this for, you know, again, three decades, greater than three, three decades now. Like how... How can we understand this, and and then how can we convey that? Um, yes, when when I first met my teacher, you know what he explained is that the the world had just crossed like this critical threshold. So let me just say first that their worldview is that the Earth is a living system, and that the the Earth itself has consciousness. Like really, everything has consciousness, and I'm not saying human consciousness, but it has a self awareness, and it has um, some level of thinking and reflective process. So that that's what I mean by consciousness. So that's a tree, a rock, uh, the Earth itself, the sun, the moon, the sky. Like everything is part of this this greater system, and everything is conscious, and that there are ways to interact with those consciousnesses. Um, what you know, my teacher would call prayer, but it's kind of a mistranslation into English from uh, this, this Lakota language and these Lakota concepts. But let's just say, you know, in his way of saying it, he would say, you know, through prayer, we can reach these consciousnesses. We can communicate to this. This is part of our human capacity. Um, and this is a living system. Well, the living system, when when I met this man and, and his family, was recognized to have just gone through this kind of critical threshold moment. And one of the indications of the threshold moment was this uh, this understanding that there were holes in the sky. You know what what they were saying? There's there's holes in the ozone layer. And for them, the sky is like the living spirit of the world. So it's the collective spirit of all life of this earth system. And the idea that there's holes in that collective spirit that are allowing harmful radiation energies into this earth and upon this earth was an indication that there's something very wrong with the spirit of the world. There's something very wrong 
with the spirit of actually humanity because it's not the natural system let's say or or the other animals and the other plants and and all of those things that make up the system that are causing that problem it's the human beings and that was clearly recognized too the human beings have an issue and it's a spiritual issue because it's kind of like cause and effect if it's if it's a uh just a pure physical issue then it would be just a pure physical um kind of indication uh response in the system but because the the sky is associated with the spirit then it's a spiritual issue now and the simple way of saying it was that there was a point in time where human beings could heal the earth and heal themselves on a physical level just on a physical level and the way my teacher explained it was he said if every machine shut down for 7 years you know every factory every car you know every type of machinery in the entire world shut down for 7 years that the earth could heal herself but if that didn't happen the only chance for this to to be fixed for this healing of the earth to take place was that humanity needed to go through a spiritual healing and when i heard that i was like well that makes sense on a intuitive level right that makes sense maybe you could call it on a spiritual level but what does that actually mean right and i never got a clear explanation on that you know um besides going through this spiritual healing myself which was this big transformation of world view and when i look at it now from you know 30 plus years what i'm i'm looking at is kind of through two different lenses or or two different ways of seeing the world and one way of seeing the world and one way of of being in this world just being in this world and that means every action every word every thought everything you're doing is in a sense of unity it's in a sense of connectedness where everything is in relationship and in understanding the cause and the effect of the relationship you know like where you pull on one strand and it affects strands you know maybe on the other side of the world that kind of cause and effect relationship and that that that's like the lakota or this kind of traditional indigenous world view and that when things are done actions are taken it's a very conscious thing it's not something that we just kind of stumble through like um you know I, I for example i have my nephew here and my nephew uh 17 years old and he's coming from you know this other world view that i'll talk about in a minute but um i have him helping here on this kind of small farm ranch that we have and uh he's moving some logs and you know when you move moving the logs he's not paying attention to the little uh the little fruit trees that are growing up you know these are these are native fruit trees they're called choke cherry here um they're just a, a cherry but they're a type of cherry like um and they're growing up kind of in that area and he's taking the the logs and just kind of moving them and crushing those trees and and crushing the grasses and i can remember that mindset cuz i had that at one point you know and it just kind of that lack of awareness like oh these are just you know trees or these are just plants you know it doesn't matter um what they are or like what what their lives are or who they are and i had to tell him stop you know like you got to watch this you got to like these are living beings you can't just you know destroy this because this is convenient to you. you know, 
this this is this is fruit and this is you know food for many different animals us too like we can eat these this is life and that we need to be conscious of that and so when i'm doing that kind of work what i'm doing as i'm going through that you know even moving a log or building a fence or whatever that is i'm speaking to all of these different plants as i go i'm speaking to the soil even the the uh the biome of the soil itself the mycelial uh, layers in the soil i'm speaking to the rocks as i'm moving the rocks you know it's not that i'm talking constantly out of my mouth but it's i'm speaking from my heart as i move these things and i'm explaining if i have to uh, you know, trim the tree or if I have to move the rock, you know, even if I have to like, kick it out of the ground, it looks like a casual or maybe callous thing, but I'm actually in this communication with it as I go through this whole process. Um, and I'm I'm in this reciprocation and explaining the tending of the land that I'm going through and why I need to move this over here. And, you know, it's, it's like this dialogue of relationship that's always happening. So that's that's kind of a comparison to, to those realities, you know, and I can remember in, in before going through this, you know, training and this teaching, I can remember being unconscious like that. I can remember stomping across fields and, you know, whatever was trampled under my foot. Well, you know, that was okay because what is it, you know, it's just some plants, it's some green stuff or, you know, the, the, the way we treat animals in this kind of, like they're just there to serve us, you know, this industrialized farming is an example of more meat is better and, you know, like eat and take and take and take and, and well, we need this mineral from the earth. So just dig in and there's no, there's no consciousness of what is this and how are, how is this in relationship to the whole and what is the effect that we're going to produce by having this disconnection mindset. And as you've already mentioned, you know, like what I call that mindset and, and many people do now is, is this disconnection sickness. It's a sick mind. It's a, it's a sickness of separation. And it's a sickness that, that you can't feel the world around you. And it's a tragedy, you know, that people are in that state. And I don't believe it's a natural state. Actually, I know it's not a natural state because if you look at babies and you look at children as they grow up you see that they are constantly seeking how to be in connection with the world around them and that they're reaching out to the animals the plants the rocks the waters other people and they're looking for that connection and they're looking for that communication that communion and um you know i also know having gone through the process of education as it is at least back in the 70s when I was being educated, um, that we get separated and we feel more and more isolated, more alone, less part of the world until, you know, you you feel like an alien on your own planet, you know, in your own environment, you know, like, and then things are frightening. People are frightening. The land is frightening. Nature is frightening. And it, it creates a really scared way of looking at the world. So... What is the cure for that? Well, we call it the spiritual healing. The spiritual healing is that it's a shift in the worldview. It's a shift in view of humanity. And there's a lot of parts and pieces that go with that. There's a lot of grieving that has to be done with that too, oftentimes because of when people really feel connection, you know, like there's a lot of reactions that take place. And one thing that 
that happens is people recognize what it could have been. And oftentimes there's a lot of tears when you have, you know, lived into your 20s, 30s or beyond, 50s, 60s even. And you realize this world, the society that you lived in didn't meet your need for connection. And that, you know, that's part of the reason why you feel isolated, alone, neglected, you know, hurt, sad, all these feelings that we oftentimes hold in that kind of disconnection sickness way. Um, so healing that is so important. And, you know, if we tie this back to the experience of, uh, you know, this, this individual with, with uh, his knee on, or this man's knee on his neck, you know, we witnessed humanity there. We witnessed our, our compassion, our empathy, you know, we, we witnessed that level of, of something being struck deep within us that just reminds us that we are connected, you know, and that could be us or, or worse, maybe even that could be a family member. And we need to remember our interrelation, our connection and expand that out you know, and having compassion and love for not just a, another fellow human being, but for the world and the natural world that we live in and that supports us and makes all of this possible. So that's, that's a kind of a simple version of what I can explain that the spiritual healing is. And I know that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a lot. Um, it's a lot to undertake, isn't it, on a personal level and on a group and community level. And then when you think of it on a worldwide level, it's like, whoa, it is really big. And yet I feel as a parent, I've been trying to uh, raise my children in a, in a nature connected way, in a, with a different worldview to one that I had and have found that they really do get it mm -hmm. in some ways the way i was speaking about other beings and uh encouraging them to you know check with a uh, nasturtium flower if it wants to be picked to be eaten or check with the um tree if it wants to be sat under um that i was sort of i had to fake it to make it you know i had to tell myself that this was a different worldview and practice it and bring it into my way of being and then and then bring it into my children's way of being but for them that was how they experienced mm. and were being spoken to from very young so for them it's really normal and they're actually way more nature connected than i am you know it's so much in their bones and so much in their bodies um, and their hearts and their, and, and of course their minds. Um, and I feel it's a, it was a real gift for me to be opened up to this worldview at the time whenever I had to, uh, a baby and a toddler. But it's a long process, hey? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. And maybe it's just a lifetime process. And I think as you're even saying it, like it extends past your lifetime into your children. You know, like the, the, the generation that we're in and and we're not too far off in age i think we're actually really close mm -hmm. we are kind of tasked with healing you know if you think about it's been passed on to us from our ancestors um in even our our 
parents' generation, they, they, for different reasons, weren't able to really address this. And of course, they lived in a different world. You know, it's only been in, in the last generation that so many people have moved into cities and moved away from kind of basic level nature connection. Um, you know, so we, we're living in a generation that really has to address these things and take that responsibility and, and really, I thank God, you know, people are, you know, thank the great mystery that people like yourself and like many of the listeners, I hope, are, are taking that responsibility of, of going through that healing process and making sure that the children, our children, don't need to go and heal that level of disconnection. You know, they'll have their own burdens and they'll have their own, yeah, I call it karma, you know, to, to navigate. But if we don't heal and don't go through this process in our lives, then what's going to happen is we're going to pass it forward. And, you know, it's kind of so severe and there's so many people that are suffering from it now that if we as individuals that are aware of this don't take that responsibility, I'm really concerned that there may not be much of a future left to pass forward. Mm-hmm. When I remember all this, no matter how challenging it is for me personally or collectively, I always remember that truth of what I understand that we have to do this work or there will be no future. Then it doesn't make it so difficult. You know, like it makes it it makes my motivation um, level go up mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, we can face the problems that we need to face. And, and the problems aren't really like just it's not for me anyway, so much the external we, we actually have the tools and the technology and the creativity to, to navigate the, the complexity with the, the, the pollution and, and, you know, and the environment. We also have, you know, from this lineage, as you know, like the spiritual understanding of how to work with the, the consciousnesses of the creation, you know, the consciousness of the earth and the different animals and the different plants. Like we can work with that, in, you know, incredible, incredible ways, things that modern society would consider absolutely impossible and, and totally miraculous if it, if it could happen. But we know how to do that. The problem, the struggle that we have in this in this time isn't so much the external, it's the internal. It's, it's facing those griefs. It's facing the, the traumas of our ancestors, you know being able to kind of say enough is enough. We're not passing this forward um, to face the level of disconnection that we experienced as a children and to and embrace that in healing, you know, that, that I think is where the work really lies and having support with that, you know, and having, you know, even like these indigenous teachings and tools and techniques available to go through that is critical. I mean, that's, essentially what what my teacher said that's why they brought the the teachings and the tools off of the reservation off of or out of the communities that still held this knowledge is because they were instructed to but it was also because they said you all need this you need this because you've got to heal you know like your problems aren't just your problems they're our problems and this is going to affect all all of us all of our children so here's the tools here's the techniques and, and I know a lot of people, you know, can get really hung up, especially with cultural appropriation and, and being respectful in that way. Um, and, and that's a complex subject for sure. But the reason why it was kind of a non-issue to them is essentially because of what I'm describing here. It's of a thing about just taking from another culture to make your life better and, and at the 
expense of another culture, you know, it's not that kind of way that this works. It's actually what is being presented and what's being offered will change your worldview in such a way that we all benefit, you know, like it's not, you know, like if you were just like wearing some, some uh, feather or, or, you know, like wearing uh, some sort of regalia or something like that, that comes from the culture, that's not really the change that's needed. But when you're taking an understanding of how to live in the world and you're adopting that and you're living that, even if you're, like you said, kind of faking it until you figure it out, then that change that you're doing and that change that you're helping to make sure uh, affects your children in a good way is not just a benefit for you and, and your child or your children, but also for your community and ultimately for that entire web of life that is is holding us all together, holding us alive. So mm. that was the way they approached it. And that's the way we still approach it. That's the way I approach it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely agree. It's our problem is their problem and their problem is our problem, whoever they are. You know, we are we are all one ultimately and we all share this earth and this is our home and we share it with all the other than human beings and the the non-human others, which incidentally is is the phrase that really changed my uh, my worldview actually whenever I was sat out in nature and and heard and thought of the phrase the non-human others and realized that I was never alone and that I was actually always with other beings um, totally blew my mind and and is is something that I live with today and and helps me in every moment. But yeah, the, the the responsibility is all of ours, isn't it? To support each other in, in growing and finding ways through, ways to address our past and ways to create our future in a good way. So I'm wondering if now's a good time for you to tell us a little bit more about what's on offer from the Helpers Mentoring Society and how people can get in touch and get involved. Yeah, definitely. Well, we, um, we're primarily an online education uh, operation right now due to COVID and, and the restrictions on travel, uh, not just for ourselves, but people coming to see us. Um, so a lot of the work that we're doing at this moment online, and, and there's a couple of kind of um, ways to access it really simply and easily. Uh, you can obviously go online and it's helpersmentoringsociety.net. You have to spell out the whole thing, but you know, once you're there, it's it's easy enough. Helpersmentoringsociety.net, and um, there is uh, you can opt into the email emails. We share a lot of different uh, events and what's going on um, through the emails, of course. And then we have our blog, which we uh, a lot of times do the video blogs, which are taken from like the webinars and maybe different teachings that happen along the way that are recorded. So. Um, we also have written work that's out there. Um, I've already told you about the, the man among the helpers, which you can find on the site. There's another book that, um, is still kind of in, in development, but we did kind of do an initial publication of it, um, uh, thriving in uncertain times, which really goes into more uh, about the disconnection sickness and about those, um, those shifting worldviews that need to take place for the, this great spiritual healing of humanity. Um, and of course, then we get into like the online teachings where we do four hour webinars twice a month. And these are on different subjects along the way. And it's pretty accessible. Like all of this 
uh, so far pretty accessible. It, it's a little bit of time commitment, a little bit of financial commitment, um, but it's not it's not anything too crazy. Um, um, and then after that, we also have this Living Connections course, which is now a month long with some mentoring. So you get five calls, four or five calls, and you get some feedback in, in, in ways to share your story of your experiences. Um, and then we get into these bigger courses that start really with what we call the helper's journey. And that course is designed uh, much from my own experience about the transformation of consciousness. You know, this 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 way of seeing the world and being in relationship to the world where you have this kind of personal what I call personal rituals, uh, a personal way of making your experiences in life connected. You know, that could be everything from wandering in the in the woods to, you know, sitting on the, your front porch to drinking a cup of water to sharing a meal with with family. Like, how do we make this into the most connected experience possible? And then that leads on to more advanced training uh, where it gets into more like ceremonial uh, practices and processes. And, you know, our take on ceremonies a little different than maybe other people's approach because um, sometimes I think ceremonies present presented almost like as a standalone event, like a one-off thing, kind of like in, in maybe some ways like a religious context where you go to this thing and then, you know, you have this spiritual experience, experience but then you go back to regular life. And, and the way that we view ceremony is more like um, the, it's like part of the structure of, community it's part of the structure of culture that uh allows everything to function in a better way so it's not separate it's actually integrated and it is um the training that we provide is for people that want to know how to do that how to work with the tools and techniques that instill greater connection that create transformation that support that and we have many many different courses but the the helper's journey is kind of the initial step in that and it's really that you as an individual you as a, a helper you as a leader live your connection you know it's it's um kind of modern day leadership is oftentimes well do what i say but not what i do or it's about you know directing people and and um not really taking that level of responsibility i mean we have a we have a the leader of our country right now not taking responsibility, saying they won't take responsibility. Where connected leadership is, you live it. You have to live it. It's, it's not like light switches. You can't just turn on connection and turn it off at will. It's either on or it's not, you know, in that way of like it's diminished. So if you're going to hold connection experiences, then you need to be as connected as possible. You need to be integrated, and that's going to give you capacity. That's going to give you essentially power, um, but it's not power over, it's power with. And that's what a, uh, a ceremonial leader is to us. So mm. this is all available. I think the place to probably start, if you're interested, is is uh, online with just Helpers Mentoring Society net and sign up, opt in for those emails and, and you can go from there. Um, and yeah, I can uh, share my email with you too as well, uh, Leona. And if I'm I'm happy for that to be shared out if people have questions or or reflections okay. or anything along the way. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much. All of the uh, the links will be in the show notes of this show anyway. So I'll I'll definitely share those there. And yeah, just second 
the uh, what you said about the the helper's journey. I've done, uh, as I said before, I've been training with Sal for six years and um, have done nearly all of the things that are on offer, I think, and uh, absolutely loved the helper's journey as a as a way of bringing connection into everyday life. Um, before that, I'd done the longer courses, the life initiation and rites of passage and, and other courses. But the thing about the helper's journey was that it brought it into my own home, um, to my daily life without really adding any extra time or difficult commitment. You know, it really made it accessible and real. And all of the things that I went through that year, which was, it was a very, um, yeah, life full year, <laughs> uh, life and death full year, let's say there was, there was lots going on. It really supported me and grounded me. And actually everything that I've done since then has been affected by the practices that I, that I gained there. So I'd fully recommend it and yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, can, can vouch for how powerful all of the teachings are that you bring and that come with the Helpers Mentoring Society. So thank you so much for all that you do. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's my, it's my life work. It's what I've dedicated, um, you know, my, my existence to at this point. And um, I'm so, so grateful for, you know, people like yourselves and, and the listeners just being able to step up and step into this, this way of change and, and transformation. And I know it's not easy, you know, like I've, I'm there with you, um, but I'm so grateful that you're doing these these podcasts, that you're you know doing these, these teachings, um, and you know I'm just really really grateful as well to those ancestors, those those ones that took a risk in me, you know, and took a risk in all of us. I'd say that that were willing to step into the spotlight um, and, and and willing to teach and willing to help people. And I'm you know I can't I can't imagine what my life would be without that opportunity um but it would be so different it's it's just outside of my realm of comprehension now but you know for for this healer to take this young man under his wing and and you know to tolerate that you know to tolerate my <laughs> my uh you know it, it, they they had so much patience so definitely gratitude to the ancestors as well as this this wisdom passes through us and of course gratitude for the future generations who you know, uh, as you mentioned, they're they're reaping the benefit of that. They don't have to go through healing because they're not disconnecting. They're encouraged to connect, and I see that with my daughter and my sons as well. You know, they're just alive and they're conscious and they're 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 shining. You know, they're shining. Their their lights haven't been dimmed down. So, you know, gratitude for you to to raise your children that way. And uh, I know I know they're bright. They're bright eyes. You know, their bright minds are fully alert. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'll join you with all of that gratitude as we end today. Thanks very much, Sal. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it inspires you to follow your path of deep connection. I love sharing this information and I'll always share any relevant links in my show notes. If you like the show, please consider supporting it at patreon.com forward slash connection matters podcast this is where you'll find bonus episodes giveaways and behind the scenes content from me as well as having my huge heartfelt thanks for any support you can give me it really helps with the viability of the show 
you can get most of what will be on offer for as little as £3 a month. Please also don't forget to subscribe on whatever app you use by clicking that little subscribe button below. That way you'll get all the upcoming episodes straight into your device. And review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's so helpful. The music that opens and closes the show is actually my very own dad and you can hear more of his music at soundcloud.com forward slash visionray. <laughs>